Welcome to episode 19 of the Connected Dots podcast. Want to set some things up for you for today. Um, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, today I have an interview with Carrie Grace. Now, you may not know who Carrie Grace is, and that's okay because by the end of this, you're going to know her, you're going to love her just like I do. She's bringing us a lot of good information. Um, I love the description on her website that says she is an encourager, motivational speaker, and believer in kindness. Just, it speaks to her heart. And I know that you're going to really understand her message of kindness and love and resilience and risk-taking. You're going to understand so much more after this conversation today. But before we jump in, I want to give you just a couple of heads up. So this interview was recorded um, pre-quarantine. So this was recorded uh, around the first week of March. So it was pre-big COVID-19 shutdowns. And I was sick. (laughs) So I noticed listening back to the podcast that you can kind of hear it in my voice a couple times that I was going through uh, getting over some sickness. So just bear with me as we walk through this together because it's hard to cut out um, the, the sounds of sickness sometimes just of it's just a thing. Anyway, I'm really excited for you to get to know Carrie and for you to understand a little bit more. So let's hit the intro and then we'll jump into the interview. See you on the other side. You're listening to the Connect the Dots podcast with me, Heather Balseric. This show is designed to help you navigate your career, understand your customer's experience, and bring us together as we learn more about our communities. So tune in, turn it up, and get ready to connect the dots. Well, welcome, Carrie Grace. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am doing so good. It's so wonderful to see your face. Um, I don't know if you, you've watched any of my stories. I've talked about it some, a couple of times, like who I'm going to be interviewing and stuff. And I'm like, y'all Carrie Grace is like the cutest person ever. You just want to put her in your pocket. She's just precious because you are like, you were just this ray of sunshine. And every time I see you on social media, I'm just, it just makes me smile. Cause I'm like, look at her. She's just <laughs> so cute. and just loving life and so much is going on and, and so many good things. So I'm excited for my guests to, my guest, my listeners, uh, <laughs> to get to know more about you today if they don't already know you, because they probably know you more than they know me, uh, because you've had some really awesome things happen in your life. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, and I, I told people in our, uh, in the introduction that we, we met at Blistem, uh, very, um, I gave them like the short version, but I'll never forget kind of the very first time we were walking to lunch and we were talking and I was like, Oh yeah, I listened to this podcast with Allie. And she was talking about this girl that would go to like the, she went to like the Emmys or something. She would be like a seat filler. And you were like, that was me. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, and I feel, I was like, I was like, okay, don't be embarrassed, Heather. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, but I had listened to so many podcasts for Blista that I couldn't remember who was who. No, and no, it's fine. You were just like telling was, me my life story. And I was like, let me tell you about a girl. And I was like, uh, do I say that this is me? Because it's going to come back later and it's going to be weird if I don't. You yeah. Know? So that was, you know, that's, but that's my life is like, I listen and, and input all of these things that I don't remember where it came from. And I actually loved that Allie did the podcast because it was neat because I did, um, you know, a couple breakout sessions and it was cool because a lot of people came and I kind of was like, well, you got a gist of it in the, in the, you know, podcast she did, but it was, it was a neat way to introduce people. I kind of thought what a cool way to use a podcast to kind of promote your, your conference from from within. Yeah. I'm sure it helped her get people, but then it's nice to go to people go, Oh, I listened to the podcast. That's why I'm at your session. Yes. Yeah. That helped me because the ones that I wanted to get to, I was like, okay, let me listen and and see kind of, do I really want to go to this one or is there a different one? So it was really a great way. I really liked that format. But for those of, for those that haven't listened to that podcast or met you, tell us a little bit about you kind of like where you started and in your background and, and what you do today. 
Yes. So my background is actually in education. I taught for a few years and then I went on to be an entrepreneur. And so the past five, honestly, probably I'm on probably year six, I started speaking. I actually attended a conference called Making Things Happen with Laura Casey. Um, she does Cultivate What Matters. She used to do Southern Weddings. And um, I attended Making Things Happen as an attendee. And, and she and I kind of became friends afterwards because we live in the same town. And, you know, she, I, I, some time went by and she sent me an email kind of saying, hey, I really thought about this. I'd love for you to come play this very specific role in my conference. And it, 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 I mean, it was a great bit of uh, different expectations. I'd love for you to go to dinner with the attendees. I'd love for you to have this thing with them. And then at the very end, she said, I'd like for you to speak. And I emailed her back and I said, I'll do everything for the speaking. And she emailed me back and said, no, no, it's all or nothing. And I said, well, give me 24 hours. And I remember talking to someone. I said, I, I had said, well, I'll never go back to that conference because it's a hard conference in a good way. It's a, it's a very goal. Uh, it's a cool conference, but it really gets to you at your core. So it's, it's a pretty painful process in, in an amazing way. Yeah. Um, people come out of it very life changed, but it's hard. And, and sometimes if you know it's hard, you don't want to do it again. So I had said, one, I'm never going back. And two, I had said, I'm never going to speak. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, I, I looked at speakers as these big entities. You know, I, I made all these lists of who you have to be to be a speaker. And I didn't feel like I met up to those expectations. And um, so finally I said yes, because I knew it would be an opportunity that I would, I would regret if I didn't do it. And so I, I mean, I did a couple years of speaking with her. I did a couple things on the side of speaking, but I was doing other entrepreneurial things that were paying the bills. And ultimately I, um, probably about 2017, I, I spoke at her March conference and people really said, Hey, you've got quite a gift. Um, I think the whole room cried. I all laughed and then they cried. Um, and then I'd come out of a tough year and I was sharing that experience of what it's like to survive a tough year and what it was like to have community. Um, I spoke a lot on community for her group and how do you build community when we are so digitally driven? Um, so after that, I, you know, I, and I'm one of those people, I'll probably share some stories later, but I'm, unfortunately to some of my friends, I'm very strong willed and very stubborn. And I think people don't realize that on the internet because they go, oh, she's so cute, little and pink. Um, I mean, I had a girl tell me the other day, she said, oh, people don't realize that you have a strategic mind and you don't come to play, but you're just like so tiny on the internet. Um, and so I ended up saying, I'm coming to be a speaker in, in about the summer of 2017. Um, and I got a gig the next day. I, I pitched a bunch of places. Someone hired me the next day. And then a month after that, I, um, I delivered a speech at a college in a cap and gown to about 1300 people. And then I haven't looked back since. And I've been booked, uh, pretty much since that day that I said, I'm going to do it. I've done other things here and there. I've done some workshops. I've done other things to make money, but, um, for the most part, primarily that is my, my full-time career. And then a month ago I launched, um, or probably a month and a half ago, I launched a sock company to sell um, socks to women. And a lot of that was kind of this heartbeat behind, I have actually always wanted to do it. I've, I've sat on the domain for about five years. It's just a lot more complicated. And so I knew that I want, that's actually, that was actually the end goal of going to speaking was to ultimately sell socks. And people always laugh at like, you went into motivational speaking, you try to sell how to public speak so you could be a sock seller. I'm like, actually, yes, that is a hundred percent truth. Um, but you know, that, that I knew that I could make money and I could invest it in because you've got to have an inventory. And, and you and I were talking about prior to being on this interview, it's, you know, something like that, you've got to really figure out inventory and get that down to a science. And so I didn't want to get in a situation where I was like, oh, I need to order 10,000 things, but I don't have that cash flow for this company. Hmm. So that's kind of why I started it. And it's been, it's been a neat ride. I mean, I've only probably been in about, I think, six or seven weeks. And, and it's, already, it's already been a really, a really fun experience. I, I love that you said that people don't realize that you're very strategic. And I think that it's every time I've talked to you, like I always get that from you and I'm just always amazed. I feel like I sit here and I'm just like, and I, I know, I know nobody can see us because but we can see each other because we're in video, yeah. but I, I feel like, okay, I'm like, Heather, don't stare because I, I get in this like mode. I just want to take it all in. I just want to learn it all because there's, there's so much that of that strategy that, like I don't understand and that I think is something that I want, like trying to put my words together this morning, I'm only halfway through my cup of coffee. <sighs> um, so, okay, let me back this up. Let me, let me just back this up for a second. And let me go with this because you said something in there that you started mo spe doing motivational speaking to sell socks Yes, in the end. <laughs> and I think that is like the most perfect example of, the fact that your path does not have to be linear. It does no. not have to be, I have to do this and then this and then this and then this. You can go from being a speaker to selling socks. Yes. Like, you can absolutely make that, make that move. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's something that people don't realize. And, yes. um, and I think that's one of the things about this podcast that I want to bring to light. 
is how you can, like, what can you learn from motivational speak, you know, from being a right. speaker and doing those things to selling socks successfully yeah. <laughs> and bringing that and bringing that to the world. Um, so before we talk about the socks, because they're super cute. Thank you. <laughs> and I love them so much. Um, but I want to talk about the speaking. So what are some of the things you talked about? We first started, you were speaking about community in a yes. digital age. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you speak about and where are some of the places that you have spoken? Um, I speak a lot on customer service and culture. Um, so, and then what I spoke at Liston was actually a, a risk-taking and a resilience talk. So I'm actually giving a, quite a few of the risk-taking talks. Um, I'm working with uh, the bottling company for Coca-Cola this year, and I'm doing a resilience talk for them. And then I'm doing Northwestern Mutual this year. And again, a resilience talk because those people are in sales. And so this idea of how do you overcome the rejection to get better sales. So I do about 30% of that. And then 70%, I do team building, um, treating people better, collaboration, you know, all compassion, empathy, all of that and it kind of rolled under one umbrella for their teams and companies. There's so much I want to unpack right there. <laughs> There's so much. Um, resilience is one of the topics that uh, we talk a lot about um, where, where I work and, you know, because we do, um, it's a call center. And so just that repetitiveness yes. of talking to people over and over and over again and working from home. Um, that is definitely resilience is a big piece of, of this, of the job working from home is not for everybody. No, <laughs> just like being an entrepreneur is not for everybody right. you have to have the resilience to do it. Um, so what has been like the, your favorite place, uh, that you've spoken? Like what's like, it's so funny. Everyone asks me that. And it's normally the last one I did. You're like, Oh, but that's my favorite. Um, uh, it's really hard. I don't have, um, don't really have a favorite um I think people assume that I mean and I don't want to throw companies under the you know bus but I think some people assume oh that must have been your favorite because it was an accolade or it was a big Mm -hmm. company um I don't know it it, it varies I actually just did a team of 16 um up in a resort that I love in uh Washington uh, state it's a resort I've been to twice now and and uh, if I get hired there every day, I'd go there every day. It's just, it's an instant, I don't know. It's a magical winter wonderland there. And um, I mean, I just like cried when I went there. It's just so beautiful. And it, I did five hours of content, honestly, which is very rare for me, but I did a, a team building and it went incredibly well. Um, I think more recently, I've honestly felt more confident. I mean, I, I'll be honest in my first year teaching, um, speaking, like, I don't think it was that good. Like, sorry to anyone who hired me if they're listening to us, but like, unfortunately I tell people it's a job that you only get practiced by doing it in front of people and failing. That's rare. Most jobs you can, you can be on a, you can be like you're saying, a call center. You can do a terrible call and most people don't know it was terrible unless you're like, I did a terrible call. Speaking, they know you get on the stage and you tank. Um, so it just really depends. It really just depends on the audience. Um, you know, like resident, how, how well do you resonate with the audience? I can normally tell if people are laughing, um, you know, if they're really engaged with it. Uh, so it just depends. What was, so, so let me rephrase it then. So what was a bucket list? Like, what are some of the bucket list places that, that you've gotten to speak? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've gotten to speak. Last year I did, um, I did, uh, Target. I did Jack Daniels. Um, I think the year prior, I actually got to do Regal Cinema. I actually spoke at the movie theater. It was really interesting. I didn't speak. It's kind of confusing. I'm not actually sure what happened, but it was for Jennifer, um, Lopez is movie. She wrote a movie called Second Act, and it was about resilience. And I didn't think it. I thought it was just like some girl put an event together, and I spoke at it. But then, like the people who produced the movie came, like 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 the production, you know, like the production people who who release like the distributors, if you will. Yeah. And she's like, we have to take photos of y'all to send back, and they gave us like all this swag. And I, it's very confusing. I was like, <laughs> I don't really know what this was about, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're sending this 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 like photo to Jennifer Lopez based on what they were like suggesting. So I was like, okay, this is a bigger deal than I thought. But they paired us with the movie to talk about um, overcoming resilience. So that was another cool thing that I think in my head thought, I thought I was like on a panel and it was like not that big of a deal. And then like when I got there and the production team was like, we're taking photos of you. It was, it was like, okay. So um, that I've actually done um, the Carolina Inn, which is where I speak for making things happen, but I've gotten to do two events for them. And they're just like, they're wonderful people. So they're actually, um, uh, co-hosting a party with me for my socks. So like stuff like that, where it's like, you get, you get to build cool relationships and ultimately that's fun. Same with Coca-Cola bottling. They, they, um, I'm doing a second round. I did them at the end of last year and I'm getting to do 
a different round of it. And it's exciting to be able to go back to a similar audience and share something different. And, and truth be told, if I could talk solely on resilience and rejection and risk taking, I would. It's, I'm a little bit more passionate about it, but it's a lot harder to sell. You can't go to a company and say, I'm going to tell everyone how to take risks and then everyone leaves. Like no one wants to give you money for people to quit. Um, right. So it's a little harder to sell. Um, and you've really got to have good points. So that's actually what I'm doing this weekend is writing some resilience talks for these big companies. Um, honestly, it all feels like bucket. Like I just had my designer add um, uh, logos to my website. And I remember like sitting back being like, what? Like that, like I'm on year, I'm technically on year three. This is year three, 2020 of like full, full time. Yeah. And I look at my website and I'm like, how in the world did I do this? You know, like, and, and sometimes I forget. Um, I just had a, a potential a lead with, was Facebook. And I'm like, it should, like, it almost feels normal and it shouldn't. You're like, should this feel normal? Um, yeah. yeah. Big companies keep, um, keep reaching out to me and it's, it's a wild ride where you're like, wow. I, 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 I suppose the day. So if I quit today, I think I'd be incredibly proud to tell people if I quit or if I had a baby or if I stay home, like there, this would be such a cool thing that I get to hold on for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so there was a season in my life where I went and did these wild things and I got to be in front of people and inspire them. And, and it, it's not what I thought life would look like. And it's really cool. And that aspect, it's really cool. So you talked, you said this weekend, you're going to, you're going to work on some material for a yeah. uh, first thing. So walk, if you can, so kind of walk us through, like, how do you prepare to give um, a talk? Like, how do you prepare? Yes. So it used to take me a million days. Um, now I have, I mean, I, I actually, when I get into risk taking, I have stories I haven't told. So I'm actually going to share a new story for a Coca-Cola that I haven't shared yet, which I'm a little nervous too, but, um, I have probably about 30 to 50 stories. I have a lot of slides for them. And really now what I do is I do what's like slide reviews is kind of what I call it. And I just pull a bunch of slides from, I, I go, okay, well this weekend gig is going to be similar to the one I gave in Boston. So I go into my file and I pull out the, the Boston one. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of like that where I'm really trying to, um, pull from past keynotes. And and sometimes people hire me and it's super similar. It's like, oh my gosh, I basically gave this talk already. And then I just tweak it based on their audience. Okay. It's more males and females, or it's more this than that. So it's much easier now. Um, I will have to spend a little bit more time because I've got three or four this month and they're all slightly different. So it just depends on like how similar, like, I think what I deliver for Coca-Cola Consolidated will be very similar to what I give Northwestern a month later or about, about three weeks later. So much easier process. But at the beginning, I mean, it was, it would, it would be, I mean, in my looking back, my slides will, I mean, I basically just use visuals, photo visuals. So there's not a lot of words, um, but it helps me time track and it helps me stay on, on track. I could do it without um, any PowerPoint. And I've had, I've actually done that in the past and pros and cons to both. Um, but I really just push, pull. Okay. I'm going to tell, I typically try to have three points. What are my three main points I'm going to say? And what are the stories that support that? So like you were saying with the Grammys, I, that's a story I use for, for risk-taking. I, I have a, a whole point on what does it mean to show up in life? What does it mean to be in the right place at the right time, to know the right resources, to put yourself out there? Um, and so that's an example I use. Of, and, and I use it also as like a lot of people in my life have always said, I, I'll, I'll say, hey, I really want to go do this thing. And people always say have low expectations. Not in a bad way, but just, hey, don't be disappointed. And I'll always call the next day and I'll be like, I mean, I, even on Instagram, people said, don't get too excited. You're going to be sitting in some back room, you know, not with anybody and it's going to be boring and you're going to hate it. And I'm like, I call the next day and I'm like, I climbed over Anna Kendrick and sat behind Miley Cyrus. Like I didn't hate it one bit, you know, but it's like people, people go, you know, people go low expectations. And I'm like, why, why would I have a low expectation? You know? And it was funny. I actually was in a back room at one point. Um, I don't really talk about this a lot, but there's, there's a good chunk of time where I was in this back room behind a screen, hidden behind the, one of the stages and they were picking all those other people. And I went up to lady and I said, I haven't had a turn yet to be picked. And that's how I got to see with Anna Kendrick because I asked, because I didn't, I mean, some people were totally breaking the rules, just going when they were, didn't, weren't supposed to go and really like pissing the people off running the show. And I just said, Hey, I honestly haven't had a turn. I have allocated for another girl. I didn't know. I was like sitting with her. I'm like me and her, I don't even know this girl. And they took me and her because we were polite. And, you know, I think there's a lot of, I think people can get ahead by doing things they shouldn't do. And I saw that happen a lot at the Grammys, um, you know, because people are excited. And then there's, you know, there's be polite and ask and wait your turn. And sometimes people honor that. So again, that's an example of, you know, I use that keynote, that in my keynote. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of going like what stories match what keynotes. Mm -hmm. So when you're kind of going through and picking stories, um, these are all stories from your life. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you, I guess like, how do you start to develop that bank 
Um, I just, I read a book uh, recently called Stories That Stick. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think I've um, heard of it. I haven't read that one. Uh, it's a new book. It's a new book out by Kendra, Kendra Hall. Okay. Yeah. Definitely Kendra heard Hall. that title. Um, a really, really good book. And it's about storytelling in business. Okay. Um, and so, and she kind of, she kind of touched on like how to, how to pull stories, but how do you, like, how do you go through and like pull the stories that like you're, um, I mean, I actually am debating going through some photo albums at my parents' house like this summer. Cause I'm like, I'm running out of story. Like there's all these stories I could tell. Um, I mean, it's really, I, I honestly, I probably did a whole year without realizing. And then I have a story I open now. It's an opening story for every keynote I give, whether it's culture or community. I mean, it's literally, I've told it a hundred times at this point. I could tell it in my sleep. I know exactly when people are going to laugh. And I'm like, I'm a little tired of it, but I know it's the story I got to open for Coca-Cola because I'm like, it, it's, it's, it's just right on point for what they need. Um, but it's a story about this idea of, of self-limiting beliefs. And I open that with every time because I, I want to say we limit ourselves on the kindness we do. We limit ourselves on the potential we do. We limit ourselves on the overcoming we can do. And so I open with that story. But that story took me a while to think about. Like it took me probably a year to realize, oh, you've got the story of this one experience where you overcame a lot of stuff. And you changed your attitude. And so that's the story I now open with. And I just know that's just the story I put at the beginning of every, it's like the two sides, it's two sides to it. And that's it. That's what I open. And, and it's a good intro to who I am as a person. But yeah, it's, all, I, it's, it's really just going through my brain and going, what stories stand out in my mind? What are story? What are, I mean, I love to tell stories in general. So what are the stories I've already told to people that didn't pay me? Like to friends, to, to you get on the phone. Those are the stories you tell. And I do tell a lot of stories from airplanes. Um, because I travel a lot. And so I collect stories. I tell, I tell one story, actually, I sat next to a woman, a grandma who her grandson had been kidnapped and he was in her lap being returned to her daughter. Um, and that's a story I tell in every culture talk, because I talk about this idea of, you don't know what people are going through. And I say, here was this very affluent white woman. I actually don't give her a, a race or, or a, a wealth in the story, but, um, it's a, just a gen, it's a neutral, you know, it's like, I sat next to this woman, you don't know what she looks like. And people probably make exactly what, what they think she is to be in the story. But I tell a story because how many times in your lifetime do you say, I sat next to someone whose child, your grandchild had been kidnapped. And, 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 and I tell the story in a way where I tell it and I make it funny and I talk about babies and I talk about crying and I talk about the terrible woes of flying. And then I take a sharp left turn at the end. Yeah. And I say, you know, and I, and I, and I use that as an example for, I say, how many people at your work you call lazy, you call, you know, unmotivated and you don't ask them. You don't know what their life story is. You don't know the baggage people bring in. So it's a story I use and I know it sticks with people because I know that I'm one in a million telling the story. It's a, no one in the audience has experienced that, but so many people can experience what would it feel like for someone to steal your child? Yeah. That's gotta be gut wrenching. And so it's a, it's a relatable story, but that's an example. I mean, I saw that was probably only a year ago that that happened to me. Um, and I'll never forget that story. I'll never unhear that story. I'll never unfeel that story of, of having this conversation with this woman. And so I don't have any photos. I just use a picture of my friend's baby and I tell that story. But again, it resonates with people. And it resonates in a way that's shocking, but it's not, a, uh, it's not like a, oh my gosh, I can relate. And then I tell, I mean, I, t I used to be a teacher, so I work with teachers and I tell stories about the classroom that I don't tell in other keynotes. So it's really just knowing your audience too. Like I, um, I got thrown up on my first day of work as an educator. And it's the story I opened for all for all keynotes for teachers. I said, let me tell you about my first day of work. And every teacher, you know, I mean, they know what's coming, but that's education for you. But that's not a story I go in and tell necessarily at Target. Right. Um, but that's a story. You just know your audience. It, who's your audience? Is it all women? Should I tell mm -hmm. more funny stories that are more appropriate for women? Um, you know, is it all entrepreneurs um, who have failed at some point in their life? So just really also, I ask the audience, I ask the, you know, when I get hired, like, what, what is your goal for this? What is your hope for this? So listening to you, you talk, it really in my head, I'm, you know, the fact that you can gather these stories and things like that, you sat next to the lady on the airplane, 90%, maybe even more than that would have never talked to her. Right. But you, you, it seems to me like my perception, right. Is you live your life in a way that you are open for things to happen. Yes. You know, you're open to conversations with people, you know, you're open to having, you know, different experiences and taking those risks yeah. and, and learning from them and not letting a failure shut you down and right. say, you know what, I'm done. You know, that, um, you know, probably the first, one of the first times that you spoke somewhere, maybe not the first time, but the first time, maybe that talk didn't go well. Right. You could have been like, nope, packing up the stuff. Yeah. I'm done. Let me go back to my right. teacher. Let me go back to doing something else. Right. For sure but you didn't let that happen. Mm. And, yeah. um, and, and I think that's something 
that a lot of people don't, that a lot of people don't do. They don't let themselves be open to right. things happening and in learning yes. from other people. Yes. Um, there are times I've been on an airplane. I, I traveled for, um, for work a, a good bit um, at one point a couple of years ago. And I remember being on airplanes and just the funny things that happen on airplanes. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stories is like how you meet coworkers. Cause working in a virtual environment, we don't meet each other right, right, right. in person a lot. Mm. Uh, and so it's a, it's always a unique experience when it happens and stars align and you meet people. And so, um, my coworker and I were headed to this trip together and he's from Austin. I'm from Huntsville. Um, and so we end up meeting in Atlanta, um, to get on the same plane to go down to Florida. And I had never met him in person before. And so his plane was late in Atlanta airports, ridiculous. And you have to take a tram from terminal yes, to terminal and yes. takes forever and all this. And so literally like we're boarding the plane and they're like last boarding call. And he's like running onto the plane. And so I see him coming down the aisle and he goes and like he comes, he's like, Hey, Hey, you know, and gives me a high five and goes and sits down. And then he comes back up because he was a couple rows behind me, he comes back up after he puts the stuff down and he's, and he's super tall and I'm super short. Of course I'm sitting in the airplane seat anyway. Um, and so he gets down on one knee and to talk to me and the guy neck, like on the row across from me goes, are you proposing? Like to, to my friend. Yeah. And he was like, we just look at him like, no. Like, no, oh, it's just funny. A, you know, we've just never seen each other in person. And so I love, I love like airplanes. Right. Just, right. The dynamic, you don't, the, the dynamic, dynamic yeah. of you're all so close together and you kind of want stuff like that to happen. Like, right, oh, right. I want to see somebody propose because it'd yes. be so cute. And then it's a story you can tell. Yeah. I like the opposite story of funny, of meeting people in a very funny way. Um, you know, and, and how to make that connection where it's like, I've never met him in person before, but it was just like instant, like, cause we talked so much and it was just like, I'd known him forever. It didn't yeah. matter that I'd never seen him in person. Yes, exactly. Um, but then to have that person come up and be like, Oh, are you proposing? And we yeah. just like, like, give no. this like crazy look like, no, man, like no. we're just coworkers. You're like, we just met. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I like, I like that. And it's, it's, the way that you, like, I could have been very offended by yes. that, by that guy, like right. my perception, my, my well, reaction. So to awkward. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. was, and, but we just laughed because it was hilarious. Right. All right. So I do want to switch over. I want to talk about the socks. Yes. Um, and so you've got the kindness socks, um, yes. new stuff coming out. So tell, uh, tell us a little bit more about that mission. Um, that you have with the kind of sock. Yeah. So my goal was to do a one for one impact instead of just donating one sock per sock. We're kind of, and, and it will ebb and flow. There's things I'm still trying to figure out, but essentially sometimes we'll donate a can of food. Sometimes we will donate a sock. Sometimes we'll donate a book. We're looking at some point, maybe building a school in Africa. Basically all these goals I've kind of had, I'm trying to build under this umbrella. Okay. What can we do to have impact over time? Honestly, I would love to, I don't know whether it's a YouTube channel. Um, uh, whether it's a YouTube channel or um, some sort of way to do it. But I would love to eventually start, start surprising people, like whether it's giving them money for college, whether it's, and that may not be come out of the whole thing, but like, that's something I'd like to do where I can kind of surprise people. Okay. You, you know, have giveaways where it's, you know, a mom and me trip, like, you know, daughter and mother trip is surprise your mom for basically honoring people who are doing kind things in the world. So that's the ultimate goal is really to, to highlight more kindness through it. Um, and, and inspire people to do more acts of kindness. So that was essentially the goal in doing it. Um, was it's not so much about the sales as it is about the impact for me. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I hope I sell millions and millions of socks and I can just retire. Like, it's a lot more about. I hope we sell a lot so we can do a lot. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. kind of the mission behind it. With social media, so many things like come across, right? Like you say something, and then like three minutes later, it's on Facebook as an ad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, I see so many ads like, Hey, look at this product. I think you may be interested in this product and stuff. And then you start to, I know for me, I'm more prone to look at things that maybe that do have that impact. Yeah. Right. I'll spend more money on something that I know could possibly have more impact. So right, for sure. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit like, um, the home tea. Yeah. Uh, the ones that, you know, I mean, they have a ton of t-shirts yeah, now, for but, sure, for sure. um, but they have so many people that copy mm. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and for me, 
I won't buy a t-shirt from a home, home t-shirt from any right. other company other than right. the home tee. Right. Because they give money to multiple sclerosis. Right. I can't, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me, can I say that correctly? Um, but, and it's not, you know, I don't know. I know, I think one person in my life, uh, you know, a friend that I used to work with and a previous coworker, um, you know, she has MS and she's the only person I know with it personally. Right. And, you know, but just that cause, right. The fact that they're going to give money back, um, the shop forward, Yes. And they do pimp and joy yes, and they yeah. do the four things totes. And yes. they always like, they're always going for, you know, giving stuff back to different places. Right. And for me, yeah, that t-shirt is $30. Right. That bag is $30, but you know what? The product's good. Number one, yes. it's yeah. not, not a quality product, yeah, it's a quality, quality product, product. Yeah. but they're also have a quality mission. Yeah. And, and so that's something that I, I really do love about kind of, of what you're doing. I mean, um, I'm looking forward to, I know right now there's the Enneagram socks. Yes. And, um, we have the ice cream socks mm. and pineapple socks, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and so I have, um, Enneagram socks coming for me and, um, and then my two best friends. Um, love it. So, and then I've got pineapple socks cause I love pineapple. Yeah. They're cute. That's our most popular one is the pineapple. <laughs> so, um, I'm really excited to get those so that I can, you know, I can wear them and, and share them and, and know that, yeah. you know, I made some impact. Yes. Um, and so hopefully, you know, um, there's a link in, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes here that, you know, people can go and, and take awesome. a look at the socks and uh, hopefully get themselves a pair. Yeah. And awesome. um, so one of the things that I want to talk about to you, because um, on the podcast, I talk a lot about the, like our customers. Yes. Um, and to me, a customer is anybody that you're dealing with. You're my customer yeah. right now. You're on yeah. my podcast. Yeah. So, uh, and I want to make this a good experience for yeah. you. <laughs> um, my listeners are my customers, all that jazz. But when you think about your customers, like for speaking, for socks, how would you kind of define that customer experience? You can separate these or you can put them yeah, together, okay. you know, but well, what's that customer experience you want? I mean, ultimately have? I want the, the keynote to, to have impact. That's why they're hiring me. They're hiring me because they want their, their customers, well, them to have impact, you know? I mean, people hire me for wide reasons, but it's ultimately it's like they want to be inspired. And so that's the end goal to deliver customer services. Okay. What do you, what do you need me to do? to be inspirational. And I think for the socks, it's a little bit more about, you know, making sure the customers are happy. And we, you know, I talked about this where, where I think over time I'll have a better uh, grasp on the inventory. And so ultimately it's going to be a, sh a quick turnaround where people are going to be like, Oh, I want that tomorrow. And it's going to be there in four days, you know, kind of that instant culture. So that's, that's what I, my end goal is for the customer experience. And then to, and then to create things over there where people can engage, Oh, I have a, you know, where I'm going to, you know, have a, a contest, you know, tell us about your, your kind friend, your kind friend. And we're going to send them to Disney or we're going to do this. Like I really want people to be able to buy into the mission too. So that's our long-term end goal as well. Um, and we may do some partnerships. So that's what I'm trying to figure out um, is how to do that. So again, I think it's, 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 you know, what's, what's an experience that's going to get people to buy into this mission and this brand and deliver excellence where they're going, this is a good product with a good mission and a quick turnaround. When you first started um, reaching out to companies to, to offer speaking. Yes. What was your, kind of, how did you set that up for them? Like, Hey, here's what I can provide. You know, if you're my customer, here's what you can expect from me. How did you kind of yeah. think through that and, and, and deliver and, and kind of put that out there to them? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, like it's making sense in my head. No, I don't. I mean, I just pitch things. I, I don't know if there's yeah. necessarily a good customer experience in that. It's more just, Hey, I think we'd be a good fit. Uh, here's what I do. Here's what I offer. Here's what you're doing. Um, you know, here's, here's, here's what I've done in the past and here's what I'm capable of doing. Um, I mean, now customers want, just want to know, can you do it? That's mm -hmm. their ultimate question is, do you have the capacity? I think the more, you know, the more names I get in the mail, the less people ask that question. Yeah. They just kind of go, okay, it seems like you can. So that helps, I think now, as far as, you know, kind of having a, a level of reference for them to go, oh, you, you seem to know what you're doing. Um, it seems to see that you'll, but a lot of times I really don't get the sale tech on the phone and I can really have a conversation. I've had people actually on the phone say to me, I don't make the final decision, but I would hire you right now. I mean, I've said that people, people are like, we just love you on the phone. Um, part of it too, I, I will be honest is speaking is, is more of an introvert, um, place and I'm not an introvert. So uh, th what happens is when you get into really high up into speaking, you just kind of get on the stage, someone else, you hire someone else to do all this stuff, the, the middleman management. 
You get on the stage, you go home. You sit in a hotel, you go home. What I've discovered in a lot of my speakings is I've had to go to galas. I mean, I've had to go to galas where people are, you know, having drinks. I'm doing one later this year. I've already done one this year. And you cannot hide in the corner. I mean, you've got to be out. I mean, I sat next to people at a dinner table and we had a very fancy dinner. And then I got up and was a keynote speaker. And I could be quiet and shy or I could, you know, people say, well, what, who are you, who are you with? Because it's one of those things. It was, um, it was a wealth management company. So it was an older audience, it was people in their 50s to 70s, and I was sitting at this table. It's kind of a VIP table, if you will, with the CEO, um, the girl hired me, and then these these couples. And you know, they said, "Well, where, where, you know, who are you?" And you know, you say, "I'm the speaker." And people get excited. I I spoke at a um, college admin thing at the end of last year, and I sat at the table again. And it, it's, uh, you can be an elitist and say, "Oh, I'm too good for a table, and I'm going to be in the back corner just getting ready to talk," or you can just get yourself into it. And so part of that, I think, is the customer experience of. Uh, having a touch point. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of keynotes where I get invited to stay for meals. And I think most speakers leave. No, no, no. I got to, I got to catch a plane. I got to do this. And I was advised, don't be that person from the beginning. And so I've had tacos, I've had school lunches in cafeterias. I've probably eaten food that I'm allergic to because of gluten, you know, like I've done all these things where, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, there's parameters. So sometimes I have to leave, I have to do this, but, um, I, I, I almost, I would say about 50%. I stay beyond what is, asked of me or, you know, and if someone offers lunch, you're like, okay, great. One, it's, one, it's free food. And two, it's more time to engage with your people. And then people have commentary and you're not running out on them. Um, so many, I would say many a time there is some sort of meal involved as well. And I think that that is a level of customer service where I am not saying, nope. Um, I am never telling the customer you must give me tea and I require this much. And I'm like, how can I make this as easy for you? I do a flat rate for people. I don't charge an extra travel fee. And I know maybe it'll be a point where it makes sense to do more because I'll be more well, you know, well known. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I'm like, how can I make this easy for you? That's always my question. It's not like, I don't need to request it. Oh, I need five bottles of water. I need, I, I bring my own bottle of water. <laughs> I'm trying to make it as easy for you. You know, if people want to serve you that, I'll come to and, I, and I'll, I'll accept it. But my point is, I bring what I need. I bring a whole toolkit of tech, tech stuff to set my computer up. I have taught myself how to plug cords in and transfer things. I know how to do everything. And sometimes people don't. And it's, you know, they're like, well, great. Glad, glad you know stuff. But I try to be one step ahead of them so that I don't get in there and I'm needing them to hire a tech person or I'm needing them to do all these things that they weren't expecting to do. Um, I mean, like, for example, Coca-Cola, I sent, they sent me an email and I'm speaking on the 16th and they said, we really need your PowerPoint on the 13th or on, on the 11th. We really need all your content on the 11th. That wasn't my plan. So now I've got to do a little work this weekend, but it was in all capital letters from an email I could read below that wasn't to me, that wasn't directed to me. It was just kind of a forward, forward, forward. Um, hey, it'd be really helpful for us as an AV team for this to happen. And she comes back to me in her email and says, you know, oh, it'd be great if you could, no pressure if you can't. But I can read below that and see what's happening. So it's that, it's again going, if I don't deliver to her, she's got to answer to this person. This person's going to be unhappy with them. They don't work for each other right now. Or, you know, it, it creates all these dynamics I don't need to create for the company. So it's like, okay, sure. No problem. I can work a little harder this week and I can deliver it to you by 11th and I can't tweak it. Then I know that's the keynote I have to give. Cause sometimes I like to tweak last minute and I'll just go, well, it, it is what it is. And I'll just do it. But that again is my point of like, you know, how do you deliver extra customer service? You just, you just do what people ask and you don't really try and go against their desires, their needs, their wants, you know? Um, and so that's how I've done it for speaking. It's just, you, I can just tell what people need, want, um, you know, and, and I actually spoke my, my hardest keynote and I think she would know this, my heart, you know, I spoke to a woman, uh, to a tea, a really pretty pink tea. Um, and this woman hired me and she had, she has two daughters. One daughter's name's Emily and one's Mackenzie. And it was two years, I think, after Mackenzie had been killed by a drunk driver. And so it was to honor her daughter because her daughter was about cultivating kindness. And so I gave a keynote to all these people and everyone knew each other except me. And we were all connected because someone died. And that's painful. It's like almost like a funeral, except everyone's wearing pink and drinking tea. And so it was that interesting dynamic, you know, where I'm coming into this really difficult situation for this family. But again, customer service, like I just sat and talked to them and I, and I, you know, said, I think I would have loved your daughter, you know, all these things that you don't, you know, I'm like, I'm like her daughter's age, essentially, or very close to it. So it's one of those where you're, that's a hard thing. But again, they hired me to be there. And it was one of those things where I did not charge it. I basically just covered my costs to get there. Um, and it was very, one of those few times where I said, like, I don't, I don't need to be making all the profit on this, you know? Um, and she and I've kind of kept up with each other since then. But again, my point is that was a different experience where it's like, okay, how can I really deliver excellence to these people? Because, you know, they're never going to, they have a loss that will never be filled. 
So the thing that through all of what you just said, the thing that kept coming up in my, in my mind is, is something that's been coming up this week, just in my life in general. And that's show up and be your best. Like, yes. I like that. Like show, just show up. So you, you talked about, you know, you go to a speaking, a speaking engagement and you stay for, you stay and eat. Like, you know, if yeah. they offer it, I'm stay, I'm going to make that connection. I'm going to, you know, do that community because you're, sh- you're showing up, not just for you, but you're showing up to support them after you do the thing that you were hired to do. Yeah. And, um, why do I want to hmm, see, I'm trying not <laughs> to cry. Like, cause I'm just like, I feel the pat, like I feel the passion, like coming up and, uh, like, okay. Uh, keep it together, Heather. It's this whole thing for me. Um, but that's the thing that just keeps like, keeps like resounding in my head, like show up, show up, just show up um, and and do, and do what you feel like you're being called to do. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like speaking, was that like a calling for you? Is that something that you like? I mean, I feel very passionate about it. I, 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 it was much harder at the beginning. I really did hate it. There was a lot of nerves. Now I'm just like, well, this now it's just like, fun and funny where you're just like I speak like it's very bizarre to be that person where you're like <laughs> nope I don't know anyone else. I, I mean I know a lot of people do it but I don't they're not in my they're not in my circles you know what I'm saying like I go to dinner parties and it, it's me me the speaker um I have a whole group of friends that speak but it's like they're not in my dinner circle friends so it's a very interesting dynamic when you are kind of the entity that people go interesting and then you have to kind of immediately establish dual, like street cred because people are like oh cute and you're like no 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 I'm like for real deal doing this <laughs> Um, so I guess it's a passion. I don't know if I'll do it forever. I, I do. I, I think if I could book enough out, this is what I realized. Like there's stress of not having, of, of, of continually waiting to get booked, if that makes sense. But if I knew, oh, okay, I'm doing 30 in the next month, I would love it. Like, I love the actual doing part. I love the actual inspiring. I love the storytelling part. There's a lot of other parts that are hard of the not knowing, the not getting the sales. And, and I, and I like those things. They're enjoyable, but they're not as fun as just doing it, just showing up and doing it. Um, like now I don't need stress. Like now I have three in the next, I think a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I haven't really started to work on them because not because I've got it, but just because it, it's not going to be as stressful. It's not going to be as daunting. I know that I'll show up and I'll get there and it'll be fine. I do need to work on them, but it's not like the most pressing thing in my life. of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? And how am I going to do it? It's, it's going to be a couple hours each to really sit down and go, here's the five keynotes or similar. Let's mesh all these ideas together. Or let's, I mean, honestly, I think probably the summer I'll spend some time coming up with new stories and rethinking, um, rethinking life. Um, you know, and, and at some point I, I have been in a serious relationship and at some point I'm going to step into a new chapter. And I think once I step into like, you know, wife, being a wife and a mother, tons more stories are going to come, you know? So, so, the, so, so I know that next chapters open new doors. And so I know that that's coming down the line for me as well. Um, and that would just be a surplus of stories that you, that you tell, you know, about customer service and relatability. And I think it'll make me go relate on a whole nother level to other people. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Chapters, different chapter, like when new doors open and, and things change in life, then stories do change. Yes, exactly. Um, I like that. Yeah. Life, life is so funny because you think you have it figured out and then it's like, wait, stop. I know yes, something's yes. happening, good or bad, right? Whatever yes. the situation is, you know, yes. we, we talked earlier about, um, you know, the tornadoes in Nashville, right? So yes. So unfortunately it is a tragic situation for some people yes. that just, yes. that just happened in their life. And they're yes. going to have to take a turn. Um, yes. And it's, Their life will never be the same. Yes. Right. And so they're going to have to figure out how am I going to look at life now? Is it going right. to be through a lens of, I don't want to show up every day. I don't right. want to be here. Or is it going to be, I'm going to show up and I'm going to push forward and I'm going to do, you know, go and do more. Um, and so I think it's going to be interesting because we'll, we'll probably hear like years down the road, yeah. people whose lives were changed by what yeah. happened um, in kind of the, the, amazing outcomes that will happen out of a tragedy, which is, yeah. which is sad and exciting. All those things, right. like, there's so many emotions that come with that part. Okay. So I, I want to wrap up, um, a little bit and just what, um, what is some of like, what's some of the advice that you would give to people, um, as far as that, you know, are looking to kind of maybe make that change. Like I, uh, I was a teacher and now I want to be a speaker. Like they want to make that change in, yeah. in career. What are mm-hmm. some, what are some tips or best practices that you have? Well, I think if you're trying to make a transition, I think always use your network. I mean, not even to get a job, but just like we forget, oh, like we forget. I mean, like an example, I'm, I was telling you earlier, we're, we're talking on Zoom and I'm, I'm doing a call with them next week because I actually know someone. Like I forgot a friend of a friend works there and I kind of sent her an email on the blue and said, 
here's what I do. And she emailed back and I'm doing a call with them. Is it going to turn into a speaking gig or not? I don't know. But the point is that's a resource that I just, you just don't think about, you know? And I, even when I switched into speaking, I realized, oh, I can use all these resources differently that I didn't private, you know, people work at companies that need speakers. And so you don't open your mouth and say, this is what I'm doing. So one, using your network too, I think, I think the sky's the limit. I think for women more than men, it's like, oh, am I qualified? Am I prepared? Am I ready? Do I have enough background? And it's like, you'll wait your whole life to be ready. Um, so kind of just starting, I think, I, I, don't be financially irresponsible. Don't just, oh, I'm quitting everything, whatever. I'm going to, you know, move forward. Um, but I think also, you know, I, like the idea of someday is someday. It's never March 10th. So you've got to make a decision and you've got to say by this date at this time, I'm going to decide about this. And I think it's also okay to stay. I think people feel guilty about, oh, well, I could do all these other things. If that works for your family right now in this season and you don't love this job, it doesn't have to be forever, but it doesn't mean that you just get up and leave. And I think sometimes people just want to go to the next better thing. Um, it's funny. So my first year speaking, which was 2018, I was actually talking to my therapist about this. I said, it's hard right now. And she said, you know, she said, she said what's interesting. She said, 2018 is the time in your life. She said, you've never traveled so much. You've been to states you've never been to. And she said, it's different when Minnesota has you come back for the seventh time in the, in the middle of the winter, negative eight degrees, you've already done it six times. It's not exciting anymore. Cause I remember telling her, I said, speaking feels a little harder this year. I feel a little bit more drained. She goes, yeah, you've been, you, you haven't been home since the, 2018 when it was fun. And I go to, you know, what, what happened to all the fun? And she goes, it became a job. It was fun because you had never done it. It was a novelty. You were teaching yourself and you had a learning curve that was really steep. That was enjoyable and challenging. Now there's no learning curve. You just do it. You show up and you do it and it's become more of a mundane task and it's a lot more draining when you're not like, oh my gosh, I got a rental car, it's snowing, it's a blizzard. You know, you're, I'm starting to literally go back to the same places. Um, not necessarily the same companies, but the same cities. I mean, I have, I told someone the other day, I have a, a very strong memory. Um, like I can remember street names and I can remember how to get from A to B. And so I've been to Minnesota, I think five or six times at this point. And I actually was like, oh my gosh, I realized my one Airbnb I was staying at was a mile from my other Airbnb and I could, I knew exactly where I was. And that's a great thing, but then you're like, this isn't new. It isn't novel. I've been to the Mall of America more than times than I ever dreamed of going. And I remember my whole life hearing about the Mall of America and thinking it was so awesome. And then you go and you're like, cool. Like I literally ran errands at the Mall of America last time I went because I had enough room in my suitcase to bring stuff back that I needed to buy. Like, like just necessities that I bought, mm -hmm. not like oh, I'm going shopping for fun. It's like, oh, I need to actually buy things and I'm here at a mall. So again, it's just a mind shift. And so I think sometimes it's like, that doesn't mean I quit. It doesn't mean I go, oh, this is boring and I hate it and it's terrible. And I should, oh, let me go find something else shiny. I think we live in this shiny culture now. Um, no, I've gotten down to a science and it's, it's easier in some aspects. It's just not as fun. Yeah. The, the, the novelty of the, the newness has worn off. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. I, I traveled... Um... I traveled for work at one point, um, just via car. Um, okay. we, yes. we had stores in, in Alabama and Georgia. And so I traveled a lot to different stores. Okay. And I had a friend that was like, I want to be like you. Heather. Right, 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 right. I want right. to travel. I want to do these things. And, and I told him, cause I did it for like four years. And right. I was like, I said, listen, I said, it's great. I said, hotel points are great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. hotel, you get so tired of just being in the hotel. You get, there's, yeah you just get, you get drained as far as that part of it. Yes. Um, and he was like, but I still want to do it. Heather. I still want to be like you. And so now funny enough, he is in a job where that's what he does. Wow. He travels to, to right, stores all over Alabama and in Florida. And I think some in Georgia too, but in Tennessee. And so he travels a lot for work and he's like, Heather, you were right. Right, 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 right. But people don't realize until they live it, you know? Yeah. It's hard until you don't, you know, until it's, till it's, it's not hard until it's not, it's, when it's not your heart, you know? Yeah. Um, you have to find that thing that keeps you going back, right? Like, right. right. It's, it's not the plane ride. It's not the hotel. It's the people. Yeah, for sure. And, sure. and the mission ultimately yeah. that, yeah. that you have to, that you have to focus on. I mean, just with anything, uh, jobs get boring, you know, jobs get mundane. Yeah. You know, yeah. you work at a plant, you know, my, my parents both worked in a plant my entire life. Like my mom still works there mm -hmm. and she does the same thing, right. you know, kind of every day, you know, type stuff. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, why do you keep going back? You know, right. not just because it pays the bills, right. There's right. gotta be something else. Right. And 
you know, you may not always like what the company does, but there's maybe it's somebody like, Hey, you know what? Right. I get to go and I, you know, my best friend works with me and I get right, to go right, talk right, to them right. every day. You got to find if it's something even just that small, the water's good. When I go to the water fountain, I don't know. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. days maybe that's all it is. The water's cold right. out of the water fountain. Right. Um, finding that thing that keeps you going back. Right. To do it every day. Yeah. All right. Well, Carrie Grace, I know that, um, I know we, you know, have been talking for a while and I really hope that, um, you know, as things kind of continue to build with the kindness socks and, and all the great work you're doing, I hope that we have the opportunity to come back together and talk more as that part, uh, as that business grows yeah. um, and, and get to know a little bit more about all the great work you're doing there and spread that message. Yeah. So, uh, but thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you and to learn yes. from you. And, uh, I'm going to keep picking your brain, uh, <laughs> about all things speaking, uh, as I, as I hopefully get to, to dive into that endeavor here, um, in the next year or so. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. I just want to say thank you again to Carrie Grace for her time and her just heart to share the things that she's passionate about. I love her vision for the kindness socks. So please, um, the link to the website is in the show notes. Um, I will, it's also over on Instagram in my bio. So if you go to the link tree, there is a, um, a, a link there for, and a, for the kindness socks. It is an affiliate link. So just FYI. Also, congratulations, Carrie Grace, on your recent engagement. I'm so excited for you, folks. Go follow Carrie Grace over on Instagram, um, and you can get her Instagram handle in the show notes, um, and I'll also tag her on the post in Instagram, but just go and look at this proposal. Amazing, and those two are just they're the best. So uh, head over to Instagram, get into this conversation with us. I know we touched on a lot of things today, but last but not least, uh, the topic for next week is kind of up in the air. Um, still trying to fill some stuff out. So, you know, it, it, we'll just see what it is next week when I introduce episode 20. Um, we'll, we'll know what I'm talking about then. Um, but as I always like to say at the end of every time I talk with you, because I want you to know this, you are loved and you are worthy and there are great things ahead for you in this life. I love you folks. Have a fantastic day and we will see you next week. So to make sure that you don't miss out on next week's episode, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get notified. Come on and join the conversation over on Instagram and follow me at Ms. Heather B. Dot or at Polka Dot Desk. We are here for you and look forward to bringing you more information about career, customers, and community. This podcast is brought to you by the Polka Dot Desk.